Hey, it's Beth here. Episode 383, 383. Yeah. Okay. It's going to be really uh, disjointed because I'm exhausted. I have this friend, Lynn. We've been friends since infertility, like 40 years friendship. We're very close. She's really great. She's suffering from insomnia. She called me up and this is so crazy. I actually thought I had advice for her because I've kind of cured my own insomnia by getting up and looking at what's happening in Ukraine in the middle of the night or, you know, looking over Twitter or whatever, just distracting myself. Or I lay in bed and I'm like, this is really nice. I don't have to do anything. Don't have to go anywhere. And I make my pillows all wonderful. She said she's tried all those. Um, and she's going to this guy who's going to make her wake up. If she wakes up at 1.30, stay up for the rest of the night. And then the following night, see if she can get to 2 o'clock and stay up. So her body will figure out what, what it feels like to be really exhausted. And she'll relearn how to go to sleep. I thought that was great. Then I had another little tip for her. Okay, so this is what I did. The flapper girl is back. Okay, I, I can never be the one who's smart. I can never be the one who has advice. So ever since that phone call, I have had the worst, worst insomnia. Last night, night I woke up at 1.30, bats in my belfry, my mind going crazy. Just like Lynn said, happened to her. It's like, I can't, I have to sabotage myself and get to that place somebody is at and not be a helpmate or or someone who figured anything out. I have got to stay down. It's because of the flapper girl. When I was in seventh grade, that performance, I nailed it. I had people applauded me. I was going to be a dancer on Broadway. I had my whole career planned. My mother told me that I had a swelled head too big ahead. I'm like, yeah, I do. I, I feel great about myself. I, I was good at something. I want to be a dancer. So from that night on, it was like, if the garbage had to be taken out, it was tell the flapper girl to do it. It was like, I was the, just put in this place that was so scary because I kind of stuck my head up. Like those Australians with the poppy, the one poppy that sticks its head up, it gets it gets whacked. That's what happened in my house. The flapper girl for years. I never lived it down. I never tried again. I never dreamed again. And anytime, and I, I did give her advice. I didn't, I wasn't, I wasn't snobby about it or conceited or anything, but I just get so nervous when I'm not the problem. And when I think I have a solution. So now I've got terrible insomnia. Okay, so I just wanted to get that out because this is going to be crazy. But I did find some things in the New York Times today. One is nobody wants to open gifts anymore in front of people, which I think is really sad for children because we used to really go to Toys R Us and they would try to pick out a toy for that very child. If he was into Matchbox cars, if he was into Legos, they would think about that very kid. And when the kid opened up the present and looked at it and was happy, it made my son feel good. 
the, the gift of learning how to give is really wonderful. And so they're saying, you know, especially at baby showers, well, these people are, these young people are inviting 45 people, including guys. We had, when I was younger, maxed out 10 to 12 and they were your friends and they would bring you a gift that they figured out worked for their baby. And you'd open up the present and they would tell you what's going to happen when he can't sleep, when he has diaper rash, when this happens, when that happens, when he doesn't like the milk, when he spits up. All the little gifts were these wonderful helpers. And they helped you because they prepared you for what was to come. And in an honest way, because there weren't any guys there. You know, even you're going to be so tired, you're, you're not going to want to look at your husband. And so this is what you do. Take a nap when the baby takes a nap. Whatever. Here's a wonderful soft blanket. Everybody had tips. They didn't all work, but they were all wonderful. And you would see them again and you tell them how their blanket worked or or their baby bottle, whatever. It was so lovely. It was like big sisters helping you get through this rite of passage. It wasn't 45 gifts. I've been to them when there are 45 gifts. And believe me, it really does feel like uh, Marie Antoinette's baby shower. And it is embarrassing. It's too much stuff. And now everybody wants gifts, gift cards. Well, that's embarrassing. This person said they opened the gifts and it was Bed Bath & Beyond, Bed Bath & Beyond over and over. Okay, that's not a baby shower. That's a party. Pretending to be a baby shower. A baby shower is this event where you are helped by women who have been there. So anyway, that's really sad. So that one's out. Okay, so this this was a good one. This was a really good one. Remember, I'm, I'm doing things if mothers are involved. Okay, so there was this really great story about this couple that were getting married. And I can't find it, but I will. And, oh, here it is. Okay. So really cute couple. They met in 2011. She was so shy when she saw him because he was so cute. He is so cute. Her name is Morgan Kilpatrick. His is William Vollers. They re-meet seven years later. And Mr. Vollers is moving to Dallas so they can be in the same city. They meet. They have dinner. Everything's great. He wants to get married immediately. Okay, that's great. Then they had a two-year long-distance th thing till somebody could figure out how to move to somebody's city. And it was her. So she goes, everything's fine. And instead of getting the big church wedding and the big blah, 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 they do this really adorable thing, which is they were having a party to celebrate their engagement, but it actually turned into a surprise wedding. Now here is the best part. Engagement parties are fun, she said. There's no stress, none of the push and pull of planning. Okay. So 30 minutes into the cocktails on the patio, Miss Kilpatrick excused herself, citing trouble with her dress. Her mother, Mary Lou, who was in on the surprise, and the groom's mother, yes, the groom's mother, Deborah K. Davison, who learned about it on the elevator ride, that's fine, joined for the quick change into the wedding dress. The fact that she involved her husband-to-be's mother in on the surprise. Oh my God, when I read it, I was so happy because it would be so horrible to be left out. And they didn't. They let her, so it was just the two mothers and the girl. What a great move. That was brilliant. That is going to make that mother-in-law 
feel so wanted. Good work, Morgan. Good work. And I don't know if your mother said, hey, you know what? We ought to tell, you know, your mother-in-law to be whoever, whatever. She was involved in the big surprise. So thank you, universe, for letting a mother of the groom be a big part of something wonderfully surprising. That was great. Okay, this one was wonderful. Once upon a time, a girl fell in love with a house. Okay, so for four decades, this woman's mother in Albuquerque cleaned this lady's house. And she would go, this woman had a lot of kids, she would go with her sister and they would watch TV very quietly. This woman had cable. She was, in their opinion, she was living in a mansion. And the little girl, Miss Navarro, she would hide under the Thomas filled desk in the library, imagining that she was running a business while our mother cleaned this house for 40 years. She, th she, she imagined that it would be her house someday. And lo and behold, 40 years later, the mother and this housekeeper became really, really close like Francis and I, and this woman didn't have any children. These children became like children to her. And she would remember every Christmas, every birthday, everything, and wrap a beautiful gift for all of the, like, eight children. But this little one, she really took the decorating and everything into her heart. And the woman who owned the house would explain to her, because she was a world traveler, where she got it and how it fit in. And she even had lived in England, so there was a lot of chance. And the girl became a interior decorator which is so amazing her mother and this woman whose name is pam they stayed close forever and they went through divorces and they went through everything together and finally she dies and pam dies and the house stays with her husband till her husband dies and then they sell it to this beautiful little girl for a very good price and it has everything in it so she walks into the house and she she doesn't want to change anything because it's so perfect. But underneath the carpet are hardwood floors. So she's like, oh my God. And so she starts changing things and she finds out that everybody is thrilled that she's doing that. But this was her dream and she got her dream and she kept the picture of Pam, a portrait, and it's, it's center in the house. It is their house. And it's so funny because when her mother comes over, she always wants to clean and she wants to move things and dust. And so this girl has to make her mother sit in the chair and she puts a pillow on her lap and she says, stay, stay, stay. I'm going to get the tea. So this housekeeper mother gets to see her daughter. Oh, and her daughter married a great guy and she's happily married. They have two kids. And they're living in this house that was the dream house of the mother and the daughter. And sometimes dreams come true. It's my favorite story of the day. Okay, so I've got this other thing. I'm going to throw in two movies, okay? One is Tar, and it's Kate Blanchett, okay? She plays this composer. And I was duped. Some of the reviews and everything said it was a true story. And it's not a true story. And I don't like being duped. So luckily I didn't know that till after the movie was over. It's, it's an Oscar winning performance by her, the way she conducts this orchestra. It's, it's beautifully done. 
I would say a lot of the other movie isn't beautifully done and I really don't like how she treats her daughter and abandons her at the end. I really didn't like that. And I'm really kind of happy it's not true because I was wondering whatever happened to that kid. And so that's actually how I found out it wasn't true. So this is, um, it's a good movie. It's a Netflix, don't go to the theater. The sound is great, but you probably have great sound in your own house. So that was that. Then the other one, and I was going to do a review on this a couple of days ago. It's called Black Adam, and it's got The Rock in it, and I usually love him. Went to see it with Trisha. We were alone in the theater, and it seemed chaotic to me. Just too many, too many people being killed, too many superheroes, too many villains could not handle the plot. And I thought the plot was going to be that The Rock's son is killed by this guy, and he goes out seeking revenge, which I'm very good with that. But there were all these other like ancillary little heroes. So before I did a review, I was like, this should just be me because I'm old and I don't really like superheroes. So I went back to the, to the theater with Matt last night, Saturday night, the movie was packed and nobody was enjoying it. Nobody talked about it. The tips weren't very good, which is usually a tell from the, from the staff I find out. And Nobody laughed at the jokes. No women were talking about it in the restroom. No kids were talking about it on the way out. And everybody was going to the bathroom in the middle of the movie. And everybody was ordering more food. That is not a good sign. It means you're not lost in the story. So I asked Matt what was up, and he said, it's not Marvel Comics, it's DC, and they are chaotic. And they don't keep a tight story. And it could have been good, it should have been good, and it wasn't good. So I don't even know if that's worth taking a, you know, middle schooler or, or a teenager to. Uh, it was not enjoyable. And that's really sad because The Rock is great. So I would have to say those, you know, do tar at home. Plus she's, she's an, she's an unpleasant character. And you might want to just do it while you're washing clothes or cooking or something. Don't give it your full attention. But when she starts conducting, watch how she does it. There's the, they call them Oscar moments. This one has an Oscar moment when she raises her arms and has full command of the orchestra. It's, it's really quite dazzling. So that's good. But, um, and I'm gonna try to work on my flapper girl. You know, when I was a kid, the only story that really filled me with comfort was the little match girl. I thought that that would be okay. Like she's, nobody's going to be jealous of her. Nobody's, everybody's just going to like her. And that's how crazy I am. So when I say I'm trying to stay sane, I really am. And I can't sleep. I'm going to try to take a nap, see if that works. Because when you don't sleep for days on end, I mean, Lynn called me and she is right. And she's been doing it for months. And I don't know how you wake up at one thirty and don't sleep for the rest of the night and lie there with your mind just spinning. How that doesn't drive you crazy. How you can keep functioning for four months. I'm on my fourth day and I'm, I'm done. I'm just done. So I'm going to figure this out. I have got to, let's see, I was what, 11? when I started this 
craziness. Now I'm 68. So for 57 years, I've been doing this thing where I have to self-sabotage myself and uh, self-flagellate and all kinds of self, um, you know, uh, deprecate self, everything. Not good. Not good. Not good. So I've got to stop it. And I got to just grow out of it. I got to grow out of it. I don't know how I'm going to do it. Plus, I wasn't even, I wasn't even bragging. It wasn't like that. I was just being kind. I, I just don't understand why I have to do this to myself, but I did it again. And so I'm going to go on some, I'm going to try to tear this, um, what is it? It's, it's a problem. It's a big problem. I'm going to try to pick it apart little bit by bit and see if I can become normal in this one regard. Just stop being so hard on myself and let, let myself sleep like till 3.30 in the morning. So anyway, when I stay, when I say stay sane, I'm not kidding. So anyway, give, wish me luck with a nap and I'm going to take Tylenol PM. I'll see if it'll work and maybe tomorrow I'll wake up and I will, I can't, the birds are singing, singing and I can't even hear them. I just ate a hamburger and I couldn't even taste it. It's like, it's like crazy. So anyway, I hope you're doing better than I am. And please stay sane. That's what I hope for you. Thanks. Bye-bye.